This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. And folks, I believe there is a wave of power that will make a huge, huge difference in this last day world. Amen? Verse 8, unto me, he said, here's this grace that was given unto me, who am less than the least of all saints. Now, Paul is not putting himself down. He's just saying, as a human being, I'm not worthy of what God gave me. And nobody else is either. Paul's not saying he's the least of the saints because he's worse than the rest of them. He's not. He just operated in a little different vein than they did. Some, sin, some people's sins are public and some people's sins are private. But nobody's without sin. We look at the ones whose sins are public and we think, oh, I'd never do that. You just need to thank God you haven't been made public. Unto me who am less than the least of, this, of all saints is this grace given. He's just saying nobody earns it. It's God's work, not man's. That I should preach. Here's my purpose. Here's why God gave me this revelation of, of the new creation. That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now one of the things about the book of Ephesians is interesting. Is that Paul uses superlatives. He creates words. In many cases he creates words to create or, or uh, um, profess these superlatives. He puts two different words together that, that in other language and in, in common writings aren't appropriate. They don't, that's not the way that they're written. That's not the way people use the language. But he does. He talks about the superabundance of God. He talks about the excellency and the, the unsearchable riches of Christ. He talks about the power of God that's beyond understanding and so forth. He makes up words to show this is not normal human stuff. God is so much beyond anything that we can imagine, we have to make up words to describe it. Interestingly enough, remember when Paul said that he was caught up into heaven, when he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I can't tell. Such a one was caught up into the third heaven. He said, I heard things that I'm not able to describe. King James says, I heard things that are unlawful to speak. That's not really what it means. It doesn't mean God won't let him say it. It means I don't have words to describe it. So even in the letters that Paul writes to the churches trying to describe things that are beyond our comprehension, he makes up words to describe them. But the things he saw in heaven, there's no words to make up to describe it. You can't just take two words and put them together like he does here. You can't just take two words and put them together and say, this is what I saw in heaven. Because what he saw in heaven can't be compared. There's no point of reference for us to understand, no matter what words he puts together. That's what he's saying. He's saying, I saw things in heaven that are so great that our word, we don't have words to describe it. Not Hebrew words, not Roman words, not Greek words. We don't have any words to describe what I saw. Verse 9, and to make all men see, here's what his dispensation is for. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Fellowship means partnership. It's also another word for administration. What is the fellowship of the mystery? What their part is in this new creation. To make all men see, Jews and Gentiles alike. To make all men see what is their part in this new creation. Which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God. From the beginning of the world, this word world does not mean the earth. I'm sorry, it does not mean the, the world that we live in. 
from Adam forward. It means the earth when it was created in the beginning. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Verse 2 says, in the earth was, literally became without form and void. Something happened between Genesis 1.1 1, 1 and Genesis 1.2 to take the earth, the heaven and the earth that God created in verse 1 to cause it to become without form and void because Isaiah 45 says that God did not create the world without form and void. So something happened. What was it during that period of time? Well, the Bible hints to us that some part during that period of time may not have been the, the total part, uh, the total explanation. But some part during that period of time, Satan had a kingdom here on the earth. He was operating under God's control and, and in God's administration, God's organization. But then Satan rebelled and Satan destroyed the earth. It could very well have been that it was during that period of time, probably in my thinking, that during that period of time was when Satan rebelled against God, took a third of the angels with him in his rebellion and was cast out of heaven to the earth. Well, what would be the effect of Satan as a fallen angel here on the earth that he was cast out to? Given enough time, he would destroy the earth like he's trying to do now. The thing that makes the difference between that age and this age is the church is the thing that's holding him back. Now, keep that in mind because the next verse is going to point that out. So it says that this was God's plan to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, the new creation, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to this intent. Notice verse 10. This is so important. To this intent. To the intent that now, everybody say now, that now the church age, this dispensation, the church here on the earth, believers born again, recreated by the spirit of God, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places. Now, when Paul refers to this, he doesn't mean just evil spirits or just he doesn't identify that he just means evil spirits. It could be the angels in heaven along with evil spirits. But he says to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. By the church is really better to translate it through the church known through the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's what this means. It means that God's plan from beginning, before he ever created the world, God's plan was that you and I would be born again, infused and indwelt by the Spirit of God, empowered in the name of Jesus to show the devil how smart God is. See, the devil has every right to operate here on the earth. But see, some people want to pray so that the devil stops working. The devil has every right to work here in the earth. He's got a lease that Adam gave over to him in the, in the Garden of Eden. But his lease will run out. But until that time, the devil has every right to operate here on the earth. And where's the surprise that things like this happen? The Bible says in the last days, men will get worse and worse. Has anybody figured out that's already begun? Don't think it's going to get better. Oh, but Pastor Mike, shouldn't we pray? Let's have special prayer meetings to stop the work of the devil. Good luck with that. You can pray all night, every night. And the devil's still going to work because he's got a right to operate here on the earth. Adam gave him that right. Not God, Adam did. Adam gave Satan the authority, transferred the authority that he had been given, at least a portion of it, had tr transferred a portion of the authority that he was given by God to operate here on the earth. And Satan has every right to operate here. Every right to operate here. 
He doesn't have every right to operate against you, against the people of God. You can use your authority to stop him operating against you, but you can't use his authority, your authority to stop him from operating against uh, others on the earth. You can't stop him from working against nations. He's got a right to do so. Now, to the degree that he affects the church, the church can pray so that they are shielded and protected. But you can't stop the authority of the devil. Huh? The authority of the devil has been given by Adam here on the earth. As such, men are going to get worse and worse. Not better and better. Violence is going to increase, not decrease. Well, what's the role of the church? The role of the church is to be the church. The role of the church is not to stop the devil in the earth. The role of the church is to be the church so that they stop the devil at the church's door. And I don't mean the church building's door. I mean you. You're the house of God. We're supposed to live above the things of the earth and the works of the devil. And this is exactly what God's purpose was from the beginning. See, the devil has every right to look at, the, look at mankind and say to God, this isn't fair. I defeated your man. You gave Adam your authority here on the earth. You put everything that you made under the work of his hands, under the authority of his hands, and he messed up. He failed. He fell. I defeated him. God says, yeah, that's right. But now that they've got you living inside of them, They've got your power and they shouldn't have it. And God laughs and says, that was my plan before you were even created. My plan was to live inside my people, this new creation, this new dispensation creation, so that they use my power and my authority and my ability to stop anything and everything that you would bring against them. And the Bible says that's so that God could show the, mini, the manifold wisdom that was hid from the world from the ages. If it was hid from the world, it was hid from the devil too. The Bible says about the devil, if he had known that Jesus would be raised from the dead, he never would have killed him. Don't ever think that the devil's as smart as God. The word that Paul uses here for manifold literally means many colored. In other words, God has put the church here on the earth infused with his power, his life, his spirit, his power, and the name of Jesus so that you are like a brilliant rainbow whenever you walk into the room. You walk into the devil's territory, you're like a shining light. You're like a diamond that that reflects different colors like a rainbow. The devil tries to tell you you're nothing, that you're worthless, That God has to let you into the family because Jesus died for the sins of the world, but he really didn't do it for you. And if he'd known it was just you, he wouldn't have done it at all. And nothing could be further from the truth. He sees you shining like a brilliant light everywhere you go. You need to see yourself that same way. And that's exactly what Paul says by the Holy Ghost about you. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Jesus said the kingdom of God is as a man speaking the word of God into his heart. You exercising your authority in the name of Jesus by whom you have access into the kingdom of heaven to say that for you, You are free from the influence of sickness and disease. 
Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Let me read it again. To the intent that now, under the principalities and powers in heavenly places, might be known by the church or through the church, the manifold wisdom of God, the many-colored wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. This was his eternal purpose. This was hidden from the world, from the foundations thereof. This is something that was hidden from every age. Adam didn't know about it in the Garden of Eden. Noah didn't know about it in his time. The people in the, the, the age of the dispensation of human government sure didn't know anything about it. Abraham didn't know anything about it. Moses didn't know anything about it. And it was only until only when Jesus came that somebody first starts talking about it and the people he talked to about it didn't have a clue. But then after Jesus is raised from the dead, God picks a man named Paul. He says, I want you to tell people about this. And that's his, that's his ministry. That's his work. And that's what he does. And that was God's eternal purpose. And it was all wrapped up in Jesus. It was all wrapped up. You remember how the Bible says Jesus hated the shame of the cross? He withdrew from it and hated the shame of the cross. The cross signified man's failure at the end of the dispensation of law. But the resurrection. Without the resurrection, there's no victory. And that was God's eternal purpose, and it was all wrapped up in Jesus. Now, that brings us to verse 12. Because God's eternal purpose centered around Jesus, it was fulfilled in Jesus. Notice what it says, we have because of Jesus. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. In other words, it means simply this. It means that since God's eternal purpose was to have this new creation, this God-man on the earth. I'm not talking about Jesus. Jesus was a God-man on the earth too. I'm talking about you. God's eternal purpose, hidden from the ages, was that you would be his God-man here on the earth. All man recreated by the Spirit. Since that was wrapped up in Jesus, it says, number one, you have access and number two, it says you have faith or that you have boldness with all confidence. The word boldness means freedom of speech. Paul is writing a Roman term here, and it's something that every Roman citizen had in, the, in ancient Rome, what we know of as ancient Rome. One of the, um, uh, the rights guaranteed every man was freedom of speech. Every man had a right to say whatever he thought. He had no... There was no way that the government could come down, or legally anyway, I guess it happened. But, uh, but legally, it was prescribed for every Roman to be able to speak his mind and say what he thought or what he felt, no matter what. And the government was not supposed to be able to stop that. Freedom of speech is the thing that Paul says that we have. In other words, it says because this eternal purpose was wrapped up in Jesus, finished in Jesus, and completed through his work of, that brought about the resurrection, it says, since that's the case and you are now the God-man, 
you should be able to, as Paul wrote to the Rome, or to the Hebrews, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 4, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. You shouldn't have to sneak in any back door. You shouldn't have to feel like you need to knock and make sure God's not busy before you come in. It's talking about you having complete access and boldness with confidence because of your faith in Christ Jesus. Yeah, but, but, but maybe my faith's not strong enough. Are you born again? That's the faith that we have by him that he's talking about. If you're born again, then you're the God-man that he intended to create on the earth. Now, if we ever got a hold of that, we'd do the works of Jesus. Part of it came from experience. Part of it was the ministry that God gave him, but part of it was experience. See, there's a boldness that comes through experience. Have you ever noticed the prayer that the disciples prayed in Acts 4? After they were, Peter and John got the guy healed in uh, chapter 3 at the beautiful gate of the temple. And then they were taken prisoner and called into question by the the Jewish council and so forth. And, And they preached it was the name of Jesus. It's not them. It's not some power they had. It's the name of Jesus. Through faith in his name, the man was made strong. They commanded them. They beat them and commanded them not to preach or teach anymore in the name of Jesus. Peter and John answered and said, well, whether it's right in your sight for us to obey you or obey God, you decide. We're going to do what God told us to do. So they go back to their own company. Acts chapter 4, about verse 25. They go back to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And then they began their prayer. They conclude their prayer with this. They start off talking about how great God is. And then they conclude their prayer with this. They said, now, Lord, grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. By stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child jesus in other words he's saying give us boldness through experience give us boldness through the experience of seeing healings and miracles that's a good prayer for today's church see we can have boldness through our knowledge of god honoring his word and that's a good thing to have we can have boldness because of our faith in god's word being true That's a good thing to have. But it's a totally different thing to have boldness because you have experience in the healing and miracle-working power of God. Totally different thing. That's what I'm looking for in the last days. See, I've got confidence that God's Word's true. I'll hold fast to God's Word no matter what. I don't care if I'm the last person on the earth that does, I'm there. Don't expect to be, but if it is, so what? But it's a totally different thing to have experience. I'd see Brother Hagin go into situations and lay hands on people that I was afraid to be around. I mean, they just the, the conditions just looked so big that, and, and even some of them were contagious. Brother Hagin would go in laughing. I'd stand over in the corner and watch. Don't get too close, you know. Close enough to see, not close enough to catch. He said, because Jesus is the consummation, the fulfillment of God's eternal plan, the mystery that was hid from the ages. He said, because of that, we have access and we have boldness with all confidence to come before the throne of God. God wants you in his face. God wants you to walk side by side with him. God wants you to do the same works that Jesus did. He sent Jesus so that you would. You don't have to talk him into blessing you. You don't have to talk him into meeting your needs. You don't have to talk him into healing your flesh. You don't have to talk him into anything. 
This is what God intended from the beginning. God's original intent was the God-man to operate here on the earth with the same authority that Jesus had and doing the same works that Jesus did. That brings us to verse 13, the second sentence. Wherefore, wherefore, because this is the way it works, folks. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. In other words, Paul is saying, if I wasn't preaching to the Gentiles, I wouldn't have this trouble. If I wasn't preaching to the Gentiles, if the ministry that God gave me was not to show what this new creation dispensation was about, if my ministry was not to bring both Jews and Gentiles into the family of God, more, Jew, more Gentiles than Jews in Paul's case, but if that was not God's plan for my life, I wouldn't be having this trouble. Now, why is that? Because there were some that were tempted then as well as today by the devil, because the devil always works the same in every case. There were some that were tempted to think, you know, if Paul was really operating the will of God, all this trouble wouldn't be happening to him. And the devil works against you in your own individual situations. He attacks you with sickness and then tells you it's your fault. Well, if you were living right, you wouldn't have this stuff to deal with. And that has nothing to do with anything. Ever. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. People get attacked because the devil is an equal opportunity destroyer. That's just the way it works. Somebody being attacked, somebody being in a hard place, somebody being persecuted is not a sign that they did something wrong. In many cases, it's a sign that they're believing something right. And that's what Paul is trying to get across. He's saying, don't be turned away because I am a prisoner in Rome. Don't be turned away because of the trouble that's come against me. Don't be turned away because of the things you've heard that I've experienced. I understand that that's a part of the ministry that I have. Now, Paul, apparently Paul had to come to this understanding himself through a process because Paul prays as he relates to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul prays for this, this evil spirit that's working through people against him, usually the Jews, but working through people against him to stone him, to run him out of town, to imprison him and so forth. He prays for this thing to be taken away. He calls it a thorn in the flesh. It's not sickness, it's persecution. He says so. He says, for this thing I besought the Lord three times that it, or literally he, would be taken away from me. There was a specific uh, demonic assignment, evil spirit assignment, apparently attached to Paul through the words that he uses and the way that he describes it, that would stir up trouble against him everywhere he goes. If you look at the book of Acts, there's only one town that he didn't get run out of. At least the first time he was there. Only one. Paul's pattern was to go into the town, find the synagogue, preach in the synagogue, then tell them about Jesus, get run out of town. That was his, that was his pattern. Now He started a church in between that, but that's the way it usually went. Even some of the places where he had the greatest success, he still got run out of town. In Ephesus, we saw the ruins of Ephesus magnificent ruins of Ephesus in the city. Paul had the greatest ministry success of any place that he was ever, ever was in Ephesus. He spent three and a half years in Ephesus and still got run out of town at the end of three and a half years. That's his resume. Preach, get run out of town. And that's what he's talking about. He says, don't be turned away because of the trouble that I'm under. It's part of the ministry. Remember, Paul told Ananias, uh, not Paul, uh, Jesus told Ananias that in Acts chapter 9. 
he says to Ananias, go to where Paul is and lay hands on him that he might receive his sight. This is after the Damascus Road experience. He said, for I must show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. I must show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, folks, I want you to understand, Paul had a great responsibility to complete the word of God, to tell us about who we are in Christ. But he also had a ministry assignment that meant he's going to spend his ministry time in trouble. Not too many people sign up for that. But Paul didn't turn away from it. Paul didn't turn away from it. In other words, he says, don't let my trouble stop you from being the God man that God intended on the earth. It's because of the message and the importance of the message and the and the, the power behind the message of the new creation that the devil's trying to stop my ministry. Don't let that turn you off. And folks, it did. Paul writes to Timothy a couple of years later. Timothy, who was at Ephesus at that time, pastoring the church at Ephesus at that, at that time, and he says... All men have turned away from me. All, men, all those at Ephesus have turned away from me. Once Paul and Peter were put in prison and, and uh, charged with, accused with burning Rome, even the church turned away from him. That's what he's talking about here. He says, don't faint at my tribulation. Don't let that turn you off. Understand that it's part of the, part of the work that the devil does to discredit the, the good news of Jesus. But they didn't take heed to it. They did turn away from him. Paul said, all men have left me. He goes, the only one I've got. He said, on, on Sepphoris, came and sought me out, but everybody else is gone, except Luke and Timothy. At the end of Paul's ministry, with all the things that he did and all the miracles that he had, with, the, with laying the groundwork, he had three guys left at the end. Why? Because of the, the work the devil did trying to discredit him through persecution. Folks, you need to know that we need to see this as a pattern for how the devil works because persecution will increase in the last days. And a lot of people that are going to be persecuted are going to be railed on by the other church members and other Christians. They're going to say, well, they handled that wrong. They shouldn't have been so vocal. They shouldn't have been so out front about their beliefs. They should have worked with people and fit in. It's going to be the same thing. Let's learn now so that we're prepared for what comes. Amen. So Paul concludes by saying, don't let my trouble throw you off. You are the new creation, the eternal purpose that God planned for. Infused with the power of God and the spirit of the Holy Ghost. To overcome any and everything the devil works. Then he's going to begin. We'll start next week. He's going to begin. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, for this cause, because you are the God-man that God intended and planned and hid from the earth for ages and ages and ages until this present dispensation, I'm going to pray that you be strengthened with power so that you be the church. Folks, that is the work of the church, to find out who we are and to be the church. When Jesus first appeared to his disciples after his resurrection, he said, All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Then he conferred authority on the earth to his disciples. We need to know what our authority is in the name of Jesus. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church.
This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. It's the Word of God that is the power of God. How do you access the power of God? You know what he's praying? He's praying that your lives would be ruled by faith to access God's power. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.